0: Thank you, Brother Mike. Boy, those kids did a great job, huh? And that's the only program we've had this whole season, those kids singing right there. And usually we have several school programs and church program, and, and then we have, that was, a, that was a good number of children here for this Sunday, typically before the holiday people are gone, they already have left town, but I guess everybody's gotta stay home today California, thank you for joining us online and uh, you know when when you're holding services and you don't really want anybody to know you're holding services, Mike says it like three times. welcome, everybody, good to see all of you. so I know that we've blocked our service out from the governor governor Newsom's place, so he can't know he doesn 't know we're meeting and um, but uh, this is the thing you know we're here and uh, we're social distancing, and uh, those of you joining us online, we're thankful for you. Everybody's a part of this church, and I got to tell you, um, I just, I love Christmas time. I love uh, everything about Christmas. I love the people that God has placed in all of our lives that we enjoy. Um, we had a great, great day here yesterday, or the day before at school, the last day of school before the break, and and just the joy uh, of, of Christmas in all the hearts of those students. You think about 300 plus students and they're all excited about Christmas. And I, I got to tell you, it's such a blessing. Take your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. And uh, thankful um, for family. Our, our daughter Tara was home for just a brief time. Uh, she, she is... She was working up in Monterey. She's a traveling nurse, so she took, she's between two hospitals. She's going to be starting in January at Stanford University Hospital, uh, working in the transplant uh, section. But we were, we were sitting there last night watching a video, an old uh, Christmas video, and she says, Dad, I feel bad. I said, what's wrong? She said, there's so many people in the hospital right now. And she said, I, I should be working. And I said, well, you'll be working again, you know, but she was just feeling it because she knows the hospitals are are full of people right now, not only with the coronavirus, but just things that people get at this time of the year, And it's just a difficult time, and I'm so thankful for the nurses, we have some here in our church, um, and in our school, and people that are on that, kind of that front line, working retail, and out there, so we can buy stuff, so we can buy Christmas gifts, now, for me, I do most of my shopping online, amen. Amazon, and I'm helping uh, the UPS and the uh, and the delivery people uh, for me. But I do go to Walmart just about every day, and uh, appreciate those that work there. But it's just uh, it's amazing to me. Why do we do what we do? We do what we do because God puts it in our hearts. Um, God places a joy, a peace. Um, A desire to serve others, a desire to live for others, a desire to put ourselves out there to to be a blessing. And it's all because of Jesus Christ. This season is wonderful because of Jesus. The Bible says here in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6, um, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and uh, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty god the everlasting father oh the prince of peace this morning i want to talk to you just for a few minutes about so wonderful he is just so wonderful. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for those joining us online. Thank you for those that are here in the service this morning. And God, we thank you for this place that we can come and worship. We thank you for the Mountain Avenue Baptist Church that has been here in Banning, California almost 60 years now. And we thank you for, we thank you for Calvary Christian School celebrating 40 years of educating and evangelizing children and edifying them for the glory of God. And so, Lord, we just thank you for this wonderful season. We pray you'll bless our time in your words uh, this morning. And God, just speak to all of our hearts. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is the season that we enjoy so much. We sing the songs of Christmas. We watch all the Christmas traditional movies that, that we enjoy uh, together as families, as people. Uh, we enjoy the pageantry we enjoy the presence. Uh, but, the mo- but most of all, for the believer in Christ, we enjoy His presence. Not the presence, His presence. And um, the Bible says here uh, in uh, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6, For unto us a child is born. Now Isaiah is writing this 740, 700 plus years before the birth of Christ. He's prophesying. For unto us a child is born. That little phrase there, a child is born, shows us that He, Jesus, became a man. He's the Son of Man. God becomes flesh. The God leaves heaven and comes to this earth, and He's born of a virgin called Mary. Mary. The Bible says in John chapter 1, the gospel according to John, chapter 1 and verse 1, it speaks about Him becoming flesh. In the beginning was the Word. So it's talking about the beginning before creation, before God created this world. 6,000 years ago we're talking about. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so... We find here in John chapter 1, John is writing and saying, listen, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then we find out what he's talking about in verse 14. John chapter 1 and verse 14 says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So the Word that John's talking about is Jesus. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ. Think about it. When, when Mary is holding Jesus, she's holding the Son of God. She's holding God in her hands. I mean, it's a joyful thing to, to have a family. It's a joyful thing to hold that baby for the first time when you have children. And now having grandchildren... It's a blessing when you hold that baby for the first time. I'm telling you, there's such joy. There's such such a feeling. There's nothing like it. Think about Mary holding God. She's going to take care of God. She's going to take care of Him. She's going to raise Him and rear Him. She's going to feed Him. She's going to take care of Him. He's no ordinary baby. He is the Son of God. A child is born full of grace and truth. We see the wonderment of the announcement in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. We think about the announcement of this child being born, the wonder of it, the Son of Man. The Bible says in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Lazarus. The Bible says the angel Gabriel, he comes from God. He's sent from God. He comes, the Bible says, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. That word espoused means that she's committed. Back in the Bible days during this time, they were actually married, but they're not together yet. We call it an engagement. We get engaged and so on and we have a time but at this time, there's like a legal document that someone who is espoused, who is going to be married, uh, legally, it's a, it's a kind of a contract. So there's a virgin who is espoused to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name is Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou, among women. What an announcement! The wonder of the listen. She's chosen by God. The Bible says, and when she saw him, she was troubled, troubled at his saying, and saying, and the Bible says, and cast her mind in what manner of salutation this should be. What is this? She's standing, an angels in her presence. The Bible says, and the angel said unto her, Fear not. Fear not, Mary. As you study the Bible and you see as an angel, typically when an angel appears unto somebody, they're, they're afraid. They're, fear, they're fearful. They have to be set at ease. They have to be calmed down. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name, Jesus and he shall be great, and he shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. and of his kingdom, there shall be no end. And so in this announcement, the wonder of this announcement is this: Mary's going to conceive she's a virgin, she's going to give birth. But she's going to give birth to the Son of the Highest. And of His kingdom there will be no end. Now Jesus Christ lived the perfect life. He died upon the cross. He rose again the third day. He's alive forevermore. He's coming back one day. The Bible teaches Jesus is coming back. And uh, He's going to rule and reign forever from Israel. Israel's an important place. Uh, That's God's place. When we visit there, uh, we've been there twice now. We're going to go again with the church to visit uh, Israel, to visit Jerusalem. They call it the Holy City. It's the Holy City because it's God's city. This is the Holy Bible because this is God's Bible. This is God's Word. It's a special book, the Word of God. And so the Bible says that his, of His kingdom there shall be no end. What a wonderful announcement. But notice in in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, again the Bible says, uh, Therefore shall a virgin conceive, or, or therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Luke chapter 1 and verse 32 again. Notice this now. And he shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. So the the announcement that's made is incredible. What he's going to do with his life, the the plan that God has for Jesus is unbelievable. He is going to die for the sins of mankind, and he's going to be buried, rise again, he's coming back, and then he's going to rule forever. He's going to be great. He's going to be called the son of the highest. And you think about it. You think about all that, that, uh, that goes into the birth of our Savior. Notice in Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. Again, God using the, the, the time and the taxation of the people to fulfill His purpose. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And in this taxing was first made... Uh, when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. So you had to go back to the city of your, of your ancestry. And so Joseph and Mary, they're in Nazareth. And that's, that's a pretty good ways away. Um, I think it's the Nazareth, if we were going to go from here, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, That would be the equivalent of probably going to Anaheim, going to Disneyland. That's how far it would be, about that distance. And so, you know, for us, we just get in the car, we're there in an hour and ten minutes. They had to walk. And they're walking down a dusty road. She's great with child, um, the Bible says. And Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed of Mary, his espoused wife being great with child. And so it was, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. So they're there, they're in Bethlehem, and it's just time. The baby's going to be born. Jesus is going to be born. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and the Bible says, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. The Bible says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. We've, uh, we've been to Israel now twice. We've stood on this area in Bethlehem and looks down through this valley. And by the way, there's still people there with sheep. and they're, Mainly they have goats. They have goats The and, and you have shepherds out there. Right now, when you go to Israel, you come out of the old city on your tour bus. On the hills around there, there are shepherds with goats. And it's interesting, because they're riding, and, and the, 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 tour, the tour guide, when you go to Israel, your tour guide is from Israel. He's typically not a Christian. He's a Jewish man. And you have to have a licensed person from that's a, a citizen of Israel to do your guide, to be your guide, and then you also have somebody along, so he'll give the historical aspect of the sites that you see, and then the, your, your sponsor will stand up, read the Bible, and tell you the scriptural part of what the significance, but it's funny to see this guy typically riding on a donkey uh, that we saw when we were there and he's talking on his cell phone you know he's a shepherd but he's on his cell phone and he's and he's riding on this hill and the hill is steep and this guy's like riding like this you know and he's he's trying to get these goats and take care of them but it's still the same in many ways you see shepherds you see you see flocks and uh, sheep were very very a very important part of society. They're worth a lot of money. So the shepherd's job is a big job, especially that night shift. Who wants to work the night shift? You know, They're out there at the night. And so the Bible says they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And so we don't know if this was Gabriel. We know it was an angel. He comes and he stands before them. He's standing there looking at them, but around him is the glory of the Lord. The Bible says, again, you see it? They're sore afraid. They're fearful. And these are shepherds. Shepherds typically are fearless. They're out there at night. They're keeping wild animals away from the sheep. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, For behold I bring you good tidings, Of great joy, which shall be to all people. That good tidings of great joy, that's the gospel. The good tidings is that Jesus was going to be born. The good tidings is that the Savior was going to be born. I bring unto you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. You see, we all benefit from Jesus. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He cares about everybody. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. What is that word perish talking about? It's talking about perishing and dying and going to hell forever and ever. But have everlasting life. That's the great gift. That's what Christmas is all about. It's a deliverance It's a change in direction. It's a a sure hope of heaven. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now that word Christ is important. That speaks. They understood what that, that's the coming Messiah. The Christ when when he mentions Christ, those shepherds would know what he's talking about. Christ, the Lord. And the Bible says, and you shall find, uh, and this shall be a sign to you: shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel. So you have one angel, and suddenly the Bible says there's a there's a heavenly host. There's a heavenly host, a, a multitude of angels, appear. And they're praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I mean, it's a a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful experience. Our God is wonderful. The wonder of it all. The wonder of it all. And to think about this, He's the Son of Man. He became a man. Imagine that, the creator of the world placing himself in the welfare of one of his creation, of the creature. That's mind-boggling. That he would depend on somebody else to feed him, to nourish him. It's an amazing thing, but that's our God. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, And verse number five, uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You see, Jesus was born to live. His purpose was to die for me, for my sins. He would look forward to 2020, and he would pay for Rich Sidlowski's sins, and he would pay for your sin. That's what Jesus did, and he keeps on paying because none of us are perfect. We sin. The Bible says when we sin, we confess our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, let me tell you, there's something about this Savior. There's something about His power to forgive sin. There's something about His power to give us a home in heaven. There's something about His power to cleanse us every day. Every day. You know, every day you take a shower. You get out in the world, you sweat, you work. You get home, you take a shower, you get ready to go to bed. You're refreshed. You're ready to sleep. You're ready to get ready for the next day. And what we do as Christians, because of Jesus Christ, we can have our sins forgiven. We can be cleansed through the blood of Jesus Christ each and every day as we pray and confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And cleanse us. He's the son of man. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. That little phrase there, a son is given, calls to mind his deity. His death. You see, he was God. Even though that Jesus was son of man, he was also the son of God. Jesus was a man, but He was God. He was the Son of God. He was God in the flesh. He's the God-man. 100% God and 100% man. The Bible says in John chapter 20, in verse 31, by the way, it's important. Only God could could die. Only a perfect man could die for our sins. The Bible says in, in John 20 and verse 31, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. You see, we have life, we have eternal life, but it comes through Jesus Christ. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior by God's grace. I was born into God's family, March 12th. 1972 so i have two birthdays february 27th 1957 i was born into this world march 12 1972 i was born into that world eternity i was born into the family of god that's why jesus said to nicodemus ye must be born again nicodemus didn't understand it do i go into my mother's womb How can I go back into my mother's womb? And Jesus said, no, you've been born of the flesh, but you have to be born of the Spirit. And so through Jesus Christ, we're born in the Spirit. For unto us a Son is given. That that phrase, is given, means literally to be delivered up. Delivered up. And that was his purpose, to be delivered up. The Bible says in, John, in Mark chapter 10 and verse 45, when we think about him giving himself as a ransom, the scripture says, for even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. You see, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, and Jesus comes into your heart and life, and you begin to live for him, you begin to understand that Jesus came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. You see, we learn the fact that we're to minister, not to be. we're not to come. Listen, we don't come to church to be ministered unto, we come to minister. Now, when we first get saved, we're ministered unto. But it comes to a point where we minister to other people. You see, you get married to minister unto your husband or minister unto your wife. It's all about living for the other person. We were, last night, Tara and I, was, I was looking through some old videos, and I found this DVD, and it's of Tara's like two years old. And so Tara and I watched this, and, and the kids were decorating the Christmas tree. And so Tara's only two. She's 27 today, but she's only two years old, and she's walking around. She's trying to put the ornaments on the tree, and the other girls are helping her. And then they're having chips and dip, and Tara's got... Chip dip all over her mouth. She's two years old, and we're like, we're, her and I are talking. What's that on your mouth? What do you got all over it? It's chip dip. I mean, she would dip the chip, and eat the dip and leave the chip. She never ate the chip, and that stuff was all over her mouth. And we're just laughing. I mean, it was just chaos. They're decorating the tree. She's eating chip dip. The the other girls are all excited, and Becky walks over. She walks out and she says, on the end of the camera, because I'm filming, she says, You better appreciate me. <laughs> That's why I said, You better appreciate me. And she smiles, because she's handling all the kids. I'm just filming. This is my job, just to film. She's doing all the work. She's helping them decorate the tree, she's helping them get a snack. You see, she learned to minister. A woman is a minister. She helps others, and then a husband helps the family. And then friends, when you have a friend, the Bible says he that hath friends must show himself friendly. You know what, you want to have a lot of friends? Just be friendly. By the way, you know the way that one of the ways to real joy is to get your joy out of giving. If you get your joy out of getting, then somebody else controls your joy. If they don't give you what you want, then you're not happy. If you don't get the gift that you're hoping for, then your Christmas is not merry. You get it? You see, so every day of your life, you can be a minister. You help people. Every day of your life and work, you minister to the other people. Every day in your life, you minister to your family. You give. And you see, what the reason we pray to God, for God to give to us, is so that we can give to other people. The great joy of life is giving. The great joy of life is ministering, helping other people. You see, he came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. You see, if you got kidnapped, and uh, the, the kidnappers would want you to pay. They would want to pay a ransom to get to free you. You'd have to pay a ransom. They might want a million-dollar ransom. For me, it'd probably be a hundred million because I'm worth that much. No, I'm kidding. You, you know, I'm probably be like ten bucks. You give us ten bucks, we'll give your son back. You know, I remember that. I remember when, when uh, using the illustration. My dad said, "I'm not getting taken. You know, <laughs> keep him. You know, he's too much trouble." But uh, Jesus. Paid the ransom. You see, we're all, we're all held captive by sin. We're all sinners. You see, we go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. You see, Adam and Eve are the mother and father of all living. You know what that means? You and I are related. I just had this horrible thought, I married my sister. No, my wife, you know, because she's my sister in Christ. You see, we go way back. You understand? But wait a minute, that's 6,000 years. So sin came into the world and death by sin, so we all have to die. But wait a minute, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, came to this earth and he's the Messiah. He's the Christ. And through Jesus, through Jesus, all of us have the same mother and father. Father. Great, 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 great. How many greats we got to go back to Adam and Eve? But we go back 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on that cross for our sins. So when we accept Christ, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why people say, hello, brother, how are you? Hello, sister. You see, we all have the same blood when it comes to salvation. When Jesus shed his blood, he shed it for all of us. And all of us that call upon him, we have eternal life. And it's through Jesus. You see, he paid the ransom for many. John chapter 18 and verse 37. The Bible says, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I'm a king. To this end was I born, and to this, for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. He hears my voice. Aren't you glad by the grace of God today you hear the voice of God? I know the truth. I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. John 15 and verse 13. Again, as we think about him paying that ransom, the Bible says, Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. John 10:11 The gospel again I am the good shepherd the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep See Jesus always used simple illustrations they knew what the shepherd meant they knew the shepherd's job was to take care of the sheep they knew that a good shepherd would die than rather than have a wild animal get one of his sheep Jesus said I am the good shepherd The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. So he's using the illustration. We're sheep. He gave his life for us. He loves us today. John chapter 10 and verse 18. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down. He's talking about his life. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. He laid down his life for us he laid down His life so we could have eternal life. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 8, Paul writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit says this, And being found in fashion as a man, he, beca- he humbled himself and became obedient, obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And so Jesus, when I think about Jesus, I think about a perfect child. He never sinned. He was the perfect child. He was the perfect junior high kid. He was the perfect high school kid. School kid. He was the perfect college age kid. He was perfect. So he was obedient even unto death, the death of the cross. Every step of obedience that Jesus had was a step towards the cross that he would die for me and for you that he would give us eternal life. He was the son of man, but he was the son of God. How wonderful. How wonderful is Jesus. No wonder that they called him wonderful. He's the son of man. He's the son of God. And then he's the prince of peace. This phrase refers to the fact that he'll rule his kingdom. In peace. You see, God provides us peace. One day Jesus is going to rule upon this earth. But right now, He rules in our heart. Do you know that the key to peace is to let Jesus rule? In John chapter 14 and verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, and peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. I'm telling you, we're facing difficult times with this pandemic, with all the problems in the world. Jesus said, I give you my peace. I leave my peace with you. John 16, 33. Again, the Bible says, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. Tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. He's overcome the world. The Bible says of itself, Thy word, this book, is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. I read this book, and God gives me light to what to do. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor. How can Jesus be a counselor? He's got the book. This book leads me. This book guides me. This book helps me to be a better, helped me to be a better husband, help me to be a better father, help me to be a better leader, helped me to be a better friend. This book taught me how to live, and it still teaches me today. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still, by God's grace, becoming more like Christ. Philippians 4 7. We're talking about the Prince of Peace. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I tell you, I go out in this world and shopping and different things, and I see people that just lack peace. They lack peace. They need hope. You see, I don't lack peace and I don't lack hope. I have hope. I have peace in the midst of, and so do you. We have it. The truth is we've got it all in Jesus. We've got it all. We have peace. We have peace with God. Ephesians 2 16. We've been reconciled to God that He might reconcile both, that He, that he might reconcile both in God in one body and by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. I have peace with God because of Jesus. My salvation reconciles me to God. That's what Jesus gave me. I have self, peace peace of heart. Philippians 4, 7, again, the, the, the peace that I get, I find in the Word. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's His peace. And so in the midst of the pandemic, we can have peace. God's going to take care of us. God's going to watch over us. God's going to see us through. God's in control. He has a plan. And then it gives us peace with others. You see, we have peace with God. We have peace in our own hearts. Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, the Bible says, Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. You see, we're to prefer the other person. We have peace with others. You see, when I got the peace of God, when I know my sin's forgiven and I know God's forgiven me, then I can forgive others. I can love others. I remember when I was unlovable. I remember that maybe I just wasn't that nice. Maybe I was more self-centered. But God loved me. And so when you find Jesus... And you receive his love the Bible says be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another oh I prefer you have that oh I prefer you get that seat oh you can have that you can take that that's peace it's living it's being able to live at peace with all men that's what it says in, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 18 uh, the, the scripture says, if it be possible, as much as lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. I tell you where joy is, joy is in living peaceably with men. Joy is in forgiving people. A heart that's full of hate has no peace. The heart, in the heart there's turmoil. The key to peace is forgiving. For me to have peace in my heart, I have to forgive people. I have to let I have to live like Jesus forgave me. And so the Bible says if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. And so if you can have peace with people, have it. Learn to forgive them. Learn to love them. Remember, Jesus said he came not to be ministered to, but to minister unto others. And so the Prince of Peace, why is he the Prince of Peace? Yeah, he's going to rule and reign, but he's taught us how to live. When he lived upon this earth, he lived for others. He was given. He died on the cross. He rose again the third day. He's alive forevermore. And because he lives, I, I have a wonderful life, man. It wasn't easy to have the, you know, well, I had the coronavirus, but I didn't get real sick. I was one of those fortunate people. I had mild symptoms, but just being by myself for 10 days. I mean, you know, my kids would leave the food on the front, they'd come into the door and they'd leave it. And, and I'd step out, they'd go, Dad, stay away from me. You know, Dad, don't, stay in the house, you know, They didn't want want to get the coronavirus from me. And I don't blame them because, you know, there's fear out there and, you know, we don't want to just pass it along. But I got to tell you, that whole time I had God, I had Jesus, I had a great fellowship with the Lord. And I spent 10 days with the Lord. I don't think in my whole life I spent 10 days by myself with nobody, you know, but I had God, I had Jesus. And I got to tell you, It was a wonderful thing to spend time with my God. It's no fun to be sick. It's no fun to be placed in a a tough situation. But you are never alone. He's always with you because he promised, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I don't know what God has for all of us, but I know this. He's with you and he'll guide you. He's the Prince of Peace. The Son of Man. The Son of God. 100% 100% man, 100% God. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Oh, oh, peace. oh he's my Everlasting Father. He's my Father forever. I'm never going to lose him, and neither are you. And so let's, by God's grace, as we enjoy this wonderful time of the year, keep our hearts and minds stayed upon Jesus Christ. And let's thank him for the marvelous gift of salvation. It's neat to see the kids open the gifts. We had the gift exchange in the school on Friday, and all those kids, man, they just couldn't wait to open that gift. Just the, the wonderment of watching a child open the gift as they, as they rip the paper back. And they see, wow, that's the gift, and that's for me. And what happens to people when God, through the Holy Spirit, begins to tear back and get, take the, the blinders off their eyes, and they begin to see that Jesus loves them and that he cares about them and that he will forgive them of their sin? to see the joy, to see the change that God makes in their life. It's a wonderful thing. So give the gospel this holiday season. Tell others about Jesus. And if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you're listening online or in the auditorium, open your heart to Jesus. He loves you. He'll give you eternal life. Listen, Christmas is all about you. It's about you. It's about God's love for you. And I'm so thankful that God loves you just as much as he loves me. Or he loves me just as much as he loves you. He loves you today. He loves you at home. Those of you that are home, wherever you are, open your heart to Jesus. How do you do that, Pastor? The Bible says in Romans 5, uh, 3, 10, there's none righteous, no, not one. None of us are perfect. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that why were we yet sinners? Christ died for us. It's an amazing thought. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a gift. How do you get the gift? You just open your heart and receive it. It's there. It's for you. And so we call it the sinner's prayer. And really what the sinner's prayer is just those same verses I just quoted. It's a paraphrase because you say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. According to Romans 3.10. And I know I'd be lost without you. Lord, I'm asking you now, because you've commended your love towards me, I'm asking you to come into my heart and be my Savior. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you'll call upon him today, he'll be your Savior. And you'll get the most wonderful gift at the most wonderful time of the year. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your great love for us. Thank you for this wonderful book called The Bible. Thank you that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I pray, Lord, you'll bless now. I played this morning for those that are listening here in the auditorium and those that are listening live stream. God, if there's one that's not saved, I pray that today they would open their heart to Jesus. I wonder this morning as you're listening, you've been listening and you've listened well, if you'd say to me, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved. Please pray for me. I'm not sure I'm going to heaven. Please pray for me. I'd like to know that for sure. If that's you with heads bowed and eyes closed, is there one? Say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to know for sure I'm going to heaven. I want to have that gift of eternal life. I want to receive Christ as my Savior. If that's you this morning, would you lift your hand? Is there one? Pastor, pray for me. I'm going to have a special word of prayer here just before this invitation. Pastor, pray for me. If you're at home, you can text us. You can message us. We'll pray for you. Open your heart to Jesus. Father in heaven,